Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this glorious Monday morning. The minute that in the eighth inning yesterday that Stanick walked a batter. I said, next guy's going to hit a two-run homer. I mean, I just – walking batters is just, as a relief pitcher, it's just the worst thing you could do. The minute he did, I'm like, he's going to hit – I told Ryzen he's going to hit a two-run homer. He's going to hit a two-run homer? Of course, they hit a two-run homer. <laughs> but they came back and won the game. Uh, not that long ago, the Astros were looking at seven games with the Mariners and uh, – They they went six and one, and easily could have been seven and zero. Oh. We're leading in the ninth inning, and Presley gave up two runs in the ninth to Abraham Toro, who just has owned the Astros ever since they traded him. Bless his heart. Um, huge, just just a ton of mega news for for. First of all, today is August the first. August. The first. So we've got the trade deadline tomorrow. The Mariners traded for Louis Castillo. Gave up a lot, so say. We'll see how those guys end up doing uh, or not doing in the major league level. Um, and they helped their pitching staff. I, I, I think the Mariners, I've said it all along. I've said it since before the season started. I thought they'd make the playoffs. So. We've got the trade deadline to keep an eye on, which the Astros have been pretty quiet in so far. The deadline is tomorrow afternoon. We've got... I If we were going to do... I, I, I don't know. It's all a matter of opinion. But it depends how you would do your Mount Rushmore. But... On, on a short list of all-time sports figure uh, athletes in terms of the impact on sport and the world, Bill Russell might be there. Like, if not, he's really close. Like, there's no arguing he's one of the most respected, influential accomplished athletes um, of all time in any sport. And so it's um, obviously a huge deal that he died. Heard the news yesterday. And, um, again, he played for the Celtics. Uh, We can argue about where he, you know, he's kind of like the autogram of the NFL except for he was a better player. In, within his sport than Otto Graham was. Um, just won a ton of titles. Um, 
wasn't drafted by the Celtics. You know, the, the Celtics cheated to get Larry Bird, and they swindled the poor little St. Louis Brown, no, St. Louis Hawks to, to, get, to get Russell um, in a trade. A lot of people don't know Bill Russell was born in Monroe. He was born in Louisiana. And um, won two. I mean, he kind of did it all. I mean, he won a gold medal with the Olympic team. He won two NCAA titles with a program in San Francisco that other than those years with him and Casey Jones, uh, you know, they've been okay here and there, but it's not like, you know, it's not like he won at Kansas or North Carolina or Kentucky or someplace like that. I mean, and, and he and he won all these NBA titles. Now, you know, he should have he sh- he should have just played for the St. Louis Hawks, and who know we'd have really found out if if he was as good as everyone says as a player. You know, I made the comment years ago, and it was so funny how much grief I got. I um he's no he he unfortunately has since passed away, but the former sports editor of the Lake Charles American Press. I um I remember one day many many years ago, Big Dave and I were doing a radio show, and I made the comment that Bill Russell was a complimentary player, and of course the look that Big Dave gave me was just priceless. We laughed about it ever since. But I was going to cover I don't even remember who some local team playing at Barb or at Lagrange or whatever. Anyway, I was in Lake Charles covering a local high school football team, and I walked into the offices at the to to write and send my story uh at the american press in lake charles and bobby dyer right when i walked in he said bill russell is a complimentary player have you lost your mind (laughs) that's the first thing he told me he said he was driving through that day and heard me say that on the air (laughs) oh that's so funny but um but no obviously again just you know, guys, he's a, he's like Jim Brown, uh, Ali, just sports people who were huge figures on and out, inside and outside the world of sports. And so he's obviously humongous. Uh, any comments you, you have on him, certainly we want to um, discuss that. Um, the Deshaun Watson situation, I you know, I've heard a lot of comments on and off the air and social media about Deshaun Watson. And I've been pretty consistent. I All these people that think that the Cleveland Browns regretted trading for him, I, I, I've never quite understood that line of thinking. I, I never – I don't think the Cleveland Browns have regretted one iota trading for, Cleve, for, for Deshaun Watson. Even if he would suspend it the whole year, they wouldn't regret it. I know we all look at now, and and I'm sometimes I'm as bad as any of us about that. I'm worried about these first few games. <clears throat> I mean, Tyron Matthews excused from camp. That's fine, but that doesn't help my number one concern about this football team, and that is that the safeties get their act together really quick and not throw a game away or two or two games away early in the season like they did the first year Malcolm Jenkins got here. Um, and so I, I, you know, he was suspended for six games. They're going to appeal, you know, I guess it's possible. We could go up to eight, 
But, you know, I was, I've heard so much crazy, what I consider crazy talk, like he's never going to play again. Like, what are y'all talking about? I, 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 you know, I, I think some people got way too emotional and out of, out of hand. Now, I'm not saying it's not an emotional issue. You can say that it was, it's total injustice, which I'll, I'll certainly listen to that. You can say he's a bad guy. Okay, I'll listen to that. Um, but to say that the Cleveland Browns, like he might not play anymore, and the Cleveland Browns uh, really regret the, what they did with Deshaun Watson, I think it's just way off base. And I've, I've thought that all along. And um, I think we're going to look at the schedule a little bit, but uh, I think the Cleveland Browns are right now in prime position to make the playoffs this season unless something really dramatic happens on this appeal process. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. I, I'm sorry. Apologize. We'll try. We'll try it again. You know, I, some it, the first segment can be kind of tough because you got you know you kind of laying things out and there's big stuff going on. So feel free to call back. Certainly. Um. And so I I think you know not only I mean look I understand the bitterness I get it. You know not only. Is he only suspended six games in the minds of a lot of people? He's getting all of his money. Like, again, the Browns knew all the, this idea that somehow the Browns got played. I don't understand that. Like, the Browns, from the very beginning, said, okay, we're going to do this contract, and you're only going to get paid a million dollars. You're not going to lose hardly anything. The Browns knew this this – all along, they said six to eight games all along. They were expecting that. They set up the contract that way. And even if it got to the whole year, they was they still they were prepared for it. Look how they did the contract. This idea that the Browns were blindsided and that the Browns, you know, man, they really regretting. They don't believe me. They are not regretting this. At all. They're still very much celebrating signing Deshaun Watson as an organization. Now, again, what their morals are, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I'm not talking about the moral side of this. I'm talking about the football side of it. They are not, they are not regretting this and have not regretted this one second since it happened, is my opinion. I don't think they have, and I think today illustrates that. Um, the ruling, and if you haven't heard, the ruling came out from the judge this morning that it was six games. And understand, we're going to use precedent here. There, there, in a many, in many ways, there isn't any precedent to this. For a long time, the criminal commissioner, Roger Goodell, was the judge, jury, and executioner. That's no longer the case. We're in a new way of doing things. We have this independent arbitrator that did it. They both agreed to this independent arbitrator. Everything is very different. Like, the Players Association came out yesterday and said that no matter what happens, they're not appealing. 
You think they did that because they thought he was getting a season? No, they did that because they thought he was getting six to eight games and they were going to be okay with that. I mean, that, that. And the other thing is that their whole argument is that NFL policy says that owners get dealt with tougher than players. Well, that hasn't been the case. And now that you have an independent arbitrator, that's going to be the case. Everyone's comparing this to Big Ben and, and guys going on steroids. You have to compare this to Kraft. That's what you have to compare this to. What did Kraft get for his shenanigans What massage therapists? What did he get? Nothing. And so I... Um, I, I just think we're, we're comparing things that just can't be compared. You cannot compare gambling to it, – it, it just – I mean, morally you might say, well, yeah, you can, but it, functionally it, it just can't be done. It's like people that try to compare Pete Rose to somebody who commits a criminal act in baseball. Not the same. Not the same. You they're just different categories. You can't compare them. It's silly to even talk about. They're not the same. And so you're going to hear all these comparisons, but hardly none of them are the same. And even if you compare it to what Big Ben did, the the mode of punishment now is different. There is no precedent to the way we're doing it now. This is the precedent. They're establishing precedent now because we have a new way of of. You know, the people who got the short end of the stick of this is people like Casper the Quitter and the Saints who and whoever else got doled out punishment in the era of um, the criminal commissioner with his petty prejudices um, being judge, jury, and executioner. And by the way, all of the whole idea about Sean Payton, Casper, the quitter getting suspended a year was based on this. Was largely based on this fear that this there were there was going to be this huge lawsuit and and the NFL was going to go under. And I mean, it's just not. It's just it's all a bunch of garbage. The whole thing was hogwash, and it would not have happened under the current system. There is no precedent. Because the, the the mode of enforcement is different now. So, again, any thoughts on that? We certainly, and we'll delve deep, deeper into the football aspects. If you want to talk about the off-the-field aspects of the Deshaun Watson case, I'm, it's not like I'm running from it. We can talk about it, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a much different discussion, obviously. All right, so we'll do this. We'll take a timeout. Man. Again, we've got Alvin Kamara. It, it is uh, his hearing is today. I think some people are thinking I could be wrong, but I'm thinking this is more of a formality thing. I don't know that this is going to be like decision day, like Deshaun today's decision day for Deshaun Watson. I think this is more of a formality thing. I'm, I got two brothers who are lawyers. I'm not a lawyer, so I, I don't really know. But I, that's kind of the impression I get. And so, you know, that's something else that's going on today. And so, obviously, we've got huge stories. The death of one of the 
biggest legends in sports history. We've got um, trade deadline tomorrow for those of us who are baseball fans and follow baseball. We've got, you know, Deshaun Watson. We've been talking about this for over a year now, it seems like. And so, um, you know, really almost seemed like, a, yeah, over a year. And it's, um, you know, huge news, huge, huge news. So we'll get any reaction you have and more comment on that on the other side. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really to his core that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Astros open a three-game series tonight with the Boston Red Sox. The last one didn't go all so well. Well, the first game went well. Hit about 85 home runs off of Nathan Uvalde. And, by the way, he's back and he's scheduled to pitch tonight at Men in May Park against Luis Garcia. But first pitch scheduled for about 7-10. And you can hear all the action right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also want to remind you, if you would like to win Astro Weekend Getaway, Saturday, August the 27th against the Baltimore Orioles, you simply need to join the game clubhouse. And if you do, you would be eligible to win four tickets to that game, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening Astro Weekend Getaway powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right. I've heard people say that even with six games that the Browns are in serious jeopardy of not making the playoffs. Well, I guess everyone's in somewhat serious jeopardy of not making the playoffs because of how deep the AFC is right now on paper. But I strongly disagree that this suspension is going to greatly hamper the Browns' chances of making the playoffs. Let's assume that he ends up with a six-game suspension like was handed down this morning. Let's look at those first six games. Before we do that, understand this. He's, he's, he's practicing. He has practiced since camp started. He will not be able to practice the first three weeks of his six-game suspension, but he will be able to practice the second three weeks of his six-game suspension. So he'll actually be on the practice field getting back in the swing of things for three weeks before he's eligible to come back. Not saying it's the same, 
because he won't be acting as the starting quarterback. But something tells me he'll be getting more snaps in those practices as we get closer to his return than most backup quarterbacks get. So let's look at that schedule. The first game is in Arnoville. Understand, I know there's a lot of QWs out there, and they think that football is little more than a game of horse between quarterbacks. The first game is at the Arnolds. How many of us don't think that's a very winnable game for the Cleveland Browns who are on paper or have a better roster than the Benedict Arnolds? Who knows Baker Mayfield, assuming he's even going to be the quarterback, more than the Cleveland Browns? I mean, do you really think that's not a winnable game in Arnoville? I'm not saying it's not losable. Of course it's losable. This isn't college football. It's the NFL. But it's very winnable. Then game two, the Jets at home. Are y'all really going to tell me this is not a winnable game? Could you lose? Of course you could lose. The NFL, it's not college football. But it's very winnable. I would say over a 50% chance of being 2-0. Then they play the Steelers at home. Now, should the Steelers be better this year? Yeah. But is this early in the season? Yeah. Are they going to have a new starting quarterback? Yeah. Does it normally take more than about two or three weeks, which are essentially preseason games that count, for a new starting quarterback to get really comfortable? Yeah. On paper, do the Browns have a better roster than the Steelers? Yeah. I would I would say this one's closer to a 50-50 game. Certainly I have a better chance of losing this game than the than the Arnolds game or the Jets game, but could they be 3 and 0? Of course they could. I think they got a better than 50% chance, not a way better than 50% chance, but at worst a 50-50 chance and I think a little better than a 50-50 chance of being 3 and 0. All right, game 4. At the Falcons. Does anybody not think they have a chance of beating the Falcons? I know it's on the road. But, again, the Browns have a better roster than the Falcons. I know. It's all about quarterbacks. I know. It's a game of hearts between quarterbacks. I know most of you believe that. But do you not give them at least a 50-50 chance of beating the Falcons? Like, where does this opinion that the Browns are in deep trouble come from? And by this time, he's going to be practicing. Didn't they play the Chargers at home? Now, that's the first one that I would say, eh, I don't really like their chances of winning without Watson. But by that time... Jacoby Brissett might be in a little bit of a um, of a groove. He will have played, you know, have three games under or four games under his belt, and all in in all of training camp. I mean, if you were going to guess, you'd say this probably an L. 
less than a 50% chance of winning this game. But let's say they're, let's say they drop one of these other games and they drop that one. So you're three and two right now through five games. Can you make the playoffs at three and two off a three and two start? Uh yeah, you can. The next game is the Patriots at home. Now I would say they have a chance of losing that game. Probably a better chance of winning that game at home than the Chargers game at home. Um, Maybe slightly below a 50% chance. But I would give them, and again, that's game six. He'll be back for that game. I don't know if he'll be ready. The, the biggest problem, you know what's ironic? The biggest problem is... Um. Let's see, one, two, three, four. No, that'll be the sixth game. I counted wrong. That would be the sixth game. The biggest problem is when Deshaun Watson comes back, his first game's going to be at Baltimore. He ain't winning that game. Probably they're not winning that game. They probably got a better chance of winning four or five of the first six without him than they do when he comes back because of the schedule, the way it falls. But I think they got it. I think three and three. I'll be surprised if they're less than three and three. My guess is they'll be four and two without him. And can you make the playoffs in a balanced league where not that many teams, the balanced conference, not that many teams are going to run away and hide in this conference? I think they're going to probably be four and two. I think worst case, three and three on paper going in in these six games. Um, I don't know. Kind of, I, I, I think this is being misportrayed as far as the damage is going to happen. I think the Cleveland Browns, and don't get me wrong, I can't stand the Cleveland Browns. That donkey organization has been owning the Saints since I was a kid, and 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 this means that. The Saints are going to be playing, what do they play, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or whatever, whatever that is, right around the holidays. I think they play like, I don't know, Christmas Eve against the Eagles and the Browns. I mean, this is bad. This, from a football's perspective, is not good for the Saints because the Saints can't beat, they couldn't beat uh, the Browns with Tim Couch and Mike Phipps at quarterback. So, from a Saints perspective, not good. But just stepping back and say, hearing all of this talk about the Browns and Watson and the suspension and how it's going to affect the Browns, I'm like, folks, I don't get what I'm hearing. I, I, you know, I heard Dan Orlowski just say, oh, he don't see how the Browns can make the playoffs with it. What? You don't see how they can make the playoffs? They can't beat the Arnolds and the Jets and the Falcons? Would Jacoby Brissett at quarterback? I think they can. <coughs> Not only can they, I think they probably will. Again, CNFL, they could lose. Turn over the ball, you can lose. But but I but I don't I don't get it. Believe me, the Browns today are celebrating. 
but um, I say that I don't know that they're anything. I I, I think they've been kind of knowing what was going to happen all along. So this just fit right into what they thought was going to happen. And I just think they're this is kind of just like part of their plan from the very beginning. Um, I I, I kind of get the sense they haven't wavered at all. Um, so we'll see. Man. I know this. This is going to be the most watched, analyzed, anticipated Browns-Arnolds matchup in NFL history for sure. The Browns and the Arnolds. I don't know if I can remember any games between those two. But this will be the most anticipated, celebrated, interest, uh, interesting one of all time. That opener, again, the schedule, my point is the schedule really favors the Browns. Like, really favors the Browns. And I think they're going to come out of this smelling like a rose, and you could argue what a shame that is, and I'm not saying I disagree with that. You know, again, this guy ain't going to lose any money. He's not even getting fined. He's not even getting fined. The players, I mean, the fans who paid season tickets to watch him are actually going to get lose more money, get fined, in effect, more than Deshaun Watson will. Think about that. He's not even getting fined. And he's going to be able to practice for three weeks of his six-week suspension with the team. <clears throat> I guess... After saying all this, I need to say, I need to have add the caveat that there will more than likely, the NFL's got three days to decide to appeal, and they'll more than likely appeal. But I don't think it's going to be much. I, 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 you know, I think worst case scenario there is to go to eight games. And in that case, I still think the Browns come out of this in good shape. So we'll see. Again, I, I understand this is all perspective, but this idea that somehow the Browns were in deep trouble and they regretted this and what a silly – they've been a silly organization for a long time, even though they've owned the Saints in my entire li- – in my lifetime. But but they are coming out of this smelling like a rose from what I can see from a football perspective. All right. We will take a timeout, come back, and again, the game – Hotline is open, 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, feel free to do that. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
All righty. Welcome back to Footnotes on the Game. And I kind of went brain dead in the last segment. So let's do this. We have a very patient caller on the Game Hotline. So let's get to this individual. Hello. Pretty good. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. I'm going to do everybody a favor and not talk about Deshaun Watson. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about the trade deadline. Okay. And when this, you know, when it was announced that Washington perhaps wants to unload Soto and they want four or five young, controllable, major league ready players, I said, that's the Houston Astros. Right? Well, they have some pitchers and a couple of those, yeah. I, I could see right. that. But, yeah, right. but I haven't heard their name one time. I haven't heard their name one time. It's always – I mean, how many prospects does San Diego have? You know, I mean, every year they unload their four or five top prospects. And they get somebody and, it's, you know, and the next big man comes up, oh, you know, they got – you know, a, a prospect is a suspect. You know? They're looking for major league ready guys who have proven themselves already. Houston needs an outfielder, a left-handed hitting outfielder, if at all possible. You've got a young Willie Mays out there for three championship seasons at least. So, what would you give up for Juan Soto? Would you give up your catch? Can we start with the young catcher? Would you? Would you be willing to give him? Yeah, up? I, I'd give. I'd give up Corey Lee. Um, you know, one of the outfielders, one of the outfielders, either McCormick or Myers or both, and a starting pitcher. Would you give up one of your young bullpen arms? Would you throw him in? Yeah, yes. Would you give up your top prospect, whoever that might be? Um, the, the, the minor league pitcher, I would. I don't know if the Astros okay. would, but I would, yeah. Hunter Brown, I would, yes. Would I give up Hunter Brown, uh, say Jose Arquiti, Hunter Brown, McCormick, and uh, and Myers? And a bullpen arm. Uh, yes, I would, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And that, that, that's probably going to be as good or better than what anybody else is going to be able to put up. So why aren't and they doing I, it? I don't know. When I first heard that, I said, man, Houston. Houston's got exactly what Washington's looking for. They got three. Well, they really have four, but Valdez is off the table. But the other three guys are controllable. They're young. They're proven. All right. And then you got a couple of young bullpen arms in there. You got this young catcher. Whoever that top prospect is, just throw him in. I mean, Houston's got what Washington wants, but I never hear their name mentioned. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. I haven't. I, 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 now, the Astros, you know, I don't think they, they kind of, you know, again, their their GM click is from Tampa, so he maybe has a little bit more of the Rays mentality than, like, the Punks or the Yankees mentality in, in negotiating, and he may not want to. But, again, for three years? Oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely for three years. And maybe more. Who knows? Yeah, people keep saying two-plus, but when you are the Astros or the Yankees and you firmly feel like you're in the playoffs, it's three years. I mean, a year, you're talking about the postseason. That's what you're talking about. It's three. Yeah. you know what? And you know what? After two seasons, all right, 
if you don't feel like you can sign him again, then you, then you put him on the trading block as last year and you see what you can, see if you can get something back for him. But no, three championship runs, you don't pass on a young Willie Mays. You just don't do it. You don't have anybody in your minor league system, and nobody does, that's as good as this guy. I agree. You know? I, I would be all. I, I would be all for it. Now, let me ask you this: What 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 other move? Are the Yankees are going to do something else, and the Astros well, better do something. Well, they need they need some bullpen help. They've lost two games already with that guy King being out. Yeah. Um. So you know, obviously they need a starting pitcher, but you know, Frankie Montas and people like that. Yeah, you know, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for something better than that, but they'll have to settle. But they need some help in the bullpen is where they need some help. Montas is o- I, I agree. Montas is okay, but again, you yeah, never yeah. know how pitchers who pitch in those kind of markets are going to do in New York and Boston. You just never know. Right. But, but, but Kevin, I'm serious. When I first heard the Nationals want to man, nobody's better equipped to give up. With and, and look, the only reason I say that is because if Lance McCullers was not coming by this season, but he will, it's like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know how many short pitches we can afford to give up. I mean, young ones, but you know he's going to be back before the season's over. With so, yeah, you can pull a trigger on something like that. Yeah, he just made a th- he just made he's made a two inning uh, rehab and he's just fin- did a three inning rehab. So yeah, I think he'll be back. Right. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens again. I never hear Houston's name. I understand. Thank you, Larry. Good hearing from you. Uh, By the way, speaking of baseball, you know, if you believe the rumors, which is what, you know, essentially Larry was talking about, um, it's down to the Padres and the Cardinals. Who knows if that's true? We don't know. Like, no one said the Twins for Carlos Correa. No one did. And, and, and he's playing this year in Minnesota. So, you never know. But um, it makes sense. The Card- With the Cardinals, the Cardinals have some good young players. They hurt. But, like, you know, the O'Neills of the world, like, who are just getting into the major leagues and are still controllable. And they also have some really mega prospects. So, they can give them – a good, they can give him more than one good young outfielder to get that guy. And so I think the Cardinals make sense too. But you're right. The in term Larry's right in terms of like the Padres, their their form system is incredible. Seattle might have the most prospects of any form system in all of baseball. Like a lot of people think that Seattle gave up way too much to get Castillo, but they really wanted him. And I think they now have enough pitching to do what they want to do. Um, now, will they have enough hitting consistently? Well, time will tell on that. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they went out and got a bat here or even another pitcher. I'm telling you, the Mets better get a bo- If the Mets are serious about tr- uh, trying to do this and they got all this money, they better go get bullpen arms because they got the closer – but I don't think they have the seventh and eighth inning guys. They need to go get bullpen arms. And for that matter, the Braves, in my opinion, the Braves and the Punks need to go get bullpen arms too. They don't have enough. Their hitting are, is unbelievable, both of those teams. 
But I, if I was a fan of those two teams, I would not feel comfortable with the bullpen that they have. So, um, look, and look, those two aren't even – I'd feel much more comfortable if I was a Braves fan with the bullpen than I would. If I was a Punk fan, I would not like my bullpen at all. I would say we got to go get some bullpen arms. So we'll see. Got today and tomorrow to um, see what the Astros and the Yankees and the Mariners and the Cardinals and the Nationals and the Punks and all these teams are going to do. Padres. It will um, – it'll, it'll certainly be interesting. So, again, like I said at the top, I mean – Major League Baseball, there's all kind of issues to discuss. You know, races and trade deadline and who's going to give up what. Again, I agree with Larry that the Astros probably should have been bigger players and maybe they were behind the scenes and we don't know about it. But I haven't heard the Astros at all in that discussion. So it's possible they are and it just wasn't leaked out. So we haven't heard anything. Again, the stuff that's leaked out is the stuff that the clubs want us to hear. So, I don't, I didn't really expect the Astros to do it. But again, I didn't expect the Cardinals are normally way more on the conservative side. I I would have not, at the very beginning of this process, I would not have thought the Cardinals would be in the top two or three because they normally do the conservative thing. But we'll see how it all plays out today. And tomorrow could be huge, huge between now and when we get back tomorrow. All right, let's take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour of footnotes on this glorious Monday. Next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're on for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you about the games. Brand new text club. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Would like for you to win an Apple Watch. All you have to do to be eligible to win that Apple Watch is join the brand new text club by simply texting GAME, G-A-M-E, to 283-8100. Text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 283-8100. In addition to perhaps winning uh, an Apple Watch, you could win all kind of prizes, including Astro tickets. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Again, uh, if you were not here at the top of the hour, lots of big stuff going on. We've got... Baseball trade deadline is tomorrow. Some pretty significant trades were made over the weekend, including Hannah's Mariners getting Luis Castillo for a pretty good haul, as people put it. And we'll see how uh, we move on. Benintendi is not off to a good start for the Yankees. I've heard some speculation. Again, it's all speculation. We don't know what's going to happen. Some of us might think we know what's going to happen, but I've heard some speculation that Benintendi – is one of those guys, look, he's a way better hitter than, you know, the guy they're about to get rid of that they got from the Yankees who just never gets a base hit ever. But there are guys over the years, um, those of us who are older baseball fans might call it the Ed Whitson syndrome, who 
when they go to Boston and New York, they just don't perform well. They just the pressure just gets to them. I've heard some talk. I've heard some accusations that Benintendi is one of those guys. I don't know that. I mean, he played in Boston. He helped him win a World Series. It, it doesn't seem like that. But um, after that one year, nineteen, he did not. He didn't. He didn't. He, had, he didn't really do well with Boston after that. And in his last year in Kansas City, he didn't do well. Now this year, he's having a fabulous year. So we'll see how that plays out. Not off to a good start. Walking a lot, getting on base a lot, but not getting a lot of hits so far. But it's early transition. And he was playing against the Royals, so it was probably a real emotional weekend for him. We'll see how that plays out long term. All right. It is time to take a time out at the top of the hour, another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Honey, can you? Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us on the simulcast. Stadium 32.3 and on at 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Entire hour open for phone lines if you would like to get in and discuss the Major League Baseball trade deadline like Larry did. Certainly we could do that. If you would like to discuss the Deshaun Watson situation, uh, if you have not heard earlier today, the independent arbitrator, retired federal judge, has declared a six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. The Players Association announced yesterday they are not going to appeal no matter what happened. And um, the expectation is that the NFL, which now has three days to decide to appeal the decision, would or not. Uh, today, there's going to be a hearing in Las Vegas involving Saints running back Alvin Kamara, C-28, 41, whatever you would like to call him. Um, how much we're actually going to know if the hearing takes place, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. We'll kind of just wait and see on that one. I, I think it's a little bit more formality in the process than maybe some people are suggesting. But, again, that's just a guess. We'll, we'll, we'll see how uh, just, just saying that because this stuff tends to get drag on and drag on and drag on. So we'll see how. That plays out. Obviously, we also discussed a little bit the death of Bill Russell yesterday, one of the biggest sports icons, not just for what he did as an athlete, but off the field during and after his his career um, of all time in any sport. I mean, you you know, I think most people put him right up there with. Jim Brown, Ali, um, like you know, Tiger Woods is a major name, but but I don't know that Tiger's done even approaches, um, you know, as an activist, um, you know, guys like Jim Brown and 
you know, well, Jackie Robinson, you know, prior to his death, obviously, you know, those kind, you know, uh, Bill Russell's in that category. And so huge, huge um, sports figure passed away. He was 88 years old. And so, again, if we want to, you know, I, I, I am so over all of these, you know, LeBron versus Jordan comparing people arguing about that still. It's just, it's, it's, I'm at the point where I'm silly. You know, I have heard people, a lot of are, are certain people who have suggested that Bill Russell get shorthanded in those discussions. I'll certainly listen to that argument. Um, he, um, you could, you know, I've argued that he's probably a little overrated just because, because he played on a great team. He was the glue, but he wasn't like the quote unquote. I, I don't, you know, just comparing individual. I've called him a complimentary player because he was a great defensive player and was a limited offensive player, not like you know, greatly limited, but he was not a plus offensive player. He was a great defensive player and a great leader. And to me, like, if you have a player, you know, like a – I'm not comparing Draymond Green to him in his impact, but like a Draymond Green, who's a great defensive player and a great leader on a team, I think he's known a little more as a complimentary player than someone who just, you know, averages 25 or 30 points a game. So a lot of that is, you could argue, is semantical. But again, obviously, um, his impact went way beyond the court. Uh, again, he was an 11-time NBA champion in an era where, you know, it was, how hard was it for the Celtics to win then? I, I don't know how hard it was for them to win. They didn't have many teams. And they had, you know, they had most of the best players, but still, he was an, he won eleven titles. Uh, he won five MVPs. He was a twelve-time All Star. And the interesting thing, he only played thirteen seasons. Like thirteen is not like six, but a lot of these guys now are going to be playing, you know, because of the way everything is. I mean, they're going to play seventeen, eighteen, twenty years. So uh, he only played thirteen seasons, but. Um, Won eleven titles in those thirteen years. Different era, different, different. You know, it's like all these great. You talk about Yankee titles. You know, a lot of those Yankee titles in the first hundred years, well, the first fifty years, they wouldn't have gotten because the playoff system is different. But again, all you can judge people is what they did in their era, and that's kind of, you know, hard to disparage what what the man accomplished. All right, we will. Go back to the game hotline. Hello. Talk to Mike. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning, sir. So, um, I got a take on this Deshaun Watson. You know I'm a Cowboys fan. And the NFL suspended my boy Zeke Elliott for allegedly beating up his girlfriend in college. And it's found to be untrue. No one ever charged him. He got six games. And this guy has, what, 24? The 24 women have come forward? I believe that's the number, yes, sir. That's the current number, right? Right. And he gets the same 
as as uh, it's just a joke, man. I mean, I know the NFL loves quarterbacks, um, but that's an absolute joke, and it actually kind of pisses me off that on a day that everybody should be honoring the great and legendary Bill Russell, it's going to get overshadowed by the biggest piece of trash in the NFL. But that's my two cents on that. Um, and how would you feel if Alvin Kamara gets six games, just like Deshaun Watson, and I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Th- Thanks for the call. Thanks. Um, I kind of expect slash fear that he's that's what he's going to get is six games. Again, it's so – it's hard to to compare him because of what I was saying an hour ago. I think that under the current system that Zeke Elliott wouldn't have gotten six games. So – you know, again, it's 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 you know, th- there's no way Casper would have got a year. Casper uh, wouldn't have been suspended the whole year under the current system. That, I don't believe that would have happened. But again, we're now in the beginning of a new way of enforcing rules. We have a new the the criminal commissioner is not the is no longer the sole judge, jury, and executioner. So. It's just hard to compare. I understand the sentiment. I I do think that it's possible, very possible, that uh, that Z twenty eight is going to get six games. I also think it's possible that we won't know for months what you know what his legal situation is going to be. So how is that going to end? I mean, again, that that you know the legal system taking a long time is not a new thing. That's not new. But what is new is the way the NFL is enforcing. It's policies with an independent arbitrator instead of it all being um, with the criminal commissioner. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. No one forced the last caller to talk about Deshaun Watson. He could have talked about the great Bill Russell. So, you know, he, he decided to call on the radio and talk about this trash of a man, right? The, the media didn't force him to call the station and talk about Deshaun Watson. We can multitask. We can do both things. We can talk about both things. And and guess what? The situation with Ezekiel Elliott, that was more than just that. Wasn't there some cocaine allegations or, or stuff like that? There was some other things involved with him. We can't just look at one, the groping situation. I think he groped someone, like, on camera. <laughs> like, he, he was just – I'm not, I'm not comparing it to you, right? You can't compare it to – and also, like I said, man, hey, I felt he should have gotten at least one game. I'm not surprised that um, – at six, I, I was kind of thinking four to six or eight. I was thinking that. Um, I, I just think it's funny that we can, like, once again, we can sit up here and, and you know, that's his right. I don't care. We, we, we can sit up here and talk about Deshaun Watson, but yet we're going to keep enabling these teams. We cannot, we cannot forget the Texans' roles in it, the Texans' role in this whole thing. And this whole thing is it's trash. For the simple fact, the man tried to get out. He tried to get out of Houston. Next thing you know. All these allegations come out. Next thing you know, the women get the same get a lawyer that lives next door to the owner. We're not. This man is sexually assaulting me. We're not gonna go to the cops. We're just gonna try to get a bag out of him. We're gonna try to sue him. 
I, okay, like you know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I just think the man's a freak, and he got caught. He's been he got exposed as being that, just a, a freak. And I think the NFL gave him six games because it doesn't it doesn't look good, you know, just to sleep with women for money or just you know it's basically you know legal prostitution. But like I said, I won't hear anything until Dan Snyder. Um, who else? Bob Crapple or right. any of these uh, until they get uh, type of punishment. I know it's a different different game than a player than an owner. I understand that. But like I said, no one no one forced me to call on the radio to talk about a Sean Watson. I wanted to. And uh, rest in power to Bill Russell. Have a good one. Thank All you. All right. Thanks. Um, and again, I'm not saying I think it's right. I don't know. Uh, I, I think the Players Association thinks it's right that Roger Goodell is no longer the judge, jury, and executioner. But Again, if you followed the case at all, the thing the Players Association pushed and leaned on is that according to NFL policy that owners should be judged with a higher standard than players. And and even though, like, what what is the equivalent of, of a six-game suspension. I mean, how do you even suspend owners? Like, the 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 way, like, if you if you dole out a a punishment, I mean, five games or four games or twelve games is a tangible, seeable punishment. They're not on the field for their teams. You could argue, assuming. You buy that the owners want to win. A lot of people believe that the owners really don't want to win. They just really want to make a lot of money, and they continue to do that. But that whole argument aside, (coughs) how do you dole out equal punishment for, like, what is the equivalent of a six-game suspension for an owner? I mean, how do you suspend an owner? What does that mean? Like, he can't go to the stadium? What does he care? I, I don't. It's a tough deal. But the bottom line is that the the Players Association and a lot of fans agreed that that Roger Goodell had too much power. Where I think we're, this year we're seeing kind of the other way for that to happen. Some are not going to like it. And uh, I think, again, this we're in an era of new precedent. This is a new way of handling things. I said it twice already. Sean Payton would, under this current policy, I do not believe would have gotten a year suspension. I don't think he should have got a year suspension. I thought that was just outrageous. And it was all part of some fear that they had about getting all, you know, the NFL's going to get mega sued for you know not you know threatening the safety of the players and we're still playing Thursday games uh, uh, you know almost a decade later they don't care about the safety of the players that's all a bunch of hogwash it was all a bunch of hogwash but again under the current m- mode i don't think Casper Dequitta would have got a year suspension just like i don't think Ezekiel Elliott would have gotten suspended as as badly as he did but again, we can compare those, but it's in a different era. This is a different era. 
of NFL punishment now. It just is. So we don't have to like it. And maybe two years from now, we can come back and say, you know what? It was probably better before. A lot of people will say that. Some people will like the more lenient way of doing things. But according to NFL policy, which is what this judge is looking at, legally, um, it's more understandable if you look at it that way as to how they reached that conclusion. Because what did Kraft get? Well, I don't know. What did I don't did he get anything? Got a little public embarrassment. That's all he got. All right. We will take a timeout. Come back. Again, mega subjects on a Monday. It's August the first. NFL, the first NFL preseason game is Thursday. (laughs) Wow. Thursday. We'll come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry. We have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Astros open up a three-game series with the Boston Red Sox tonight, about 7-10 first pitch at Minute Maid Park. You can hear all that action right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also want to remind you about the game clubhouse, if you would like to. Win all kind of great prizes, more familiar prizes or new ones, you need to join the game clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Could win a Mr. Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, a $150 gift certificate or a $50 gift certificate to Have Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen or new on the uh, a, a prize list is a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill. If you would like to win any of these great prizes, got to join the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Again, we talked a little bit about Bill Russell, one of the great sports legends of all time, who died yesterday at the age of 88. We've talked quite a bit about Deshaun Watson. People all over the country are talking about it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, you know, I've kind of tend to, it's a sports talk. Again, if you want to talk about moral issues, I'm not against it, but I tend to lean towards the sports talk part of it most of the time. Uh, and I think from a pure football standpoint that the Cleveland Browns, from what I can see, are not going to get hurt nearly as much as people are portraying. Again, their first six games, 
Deshaun's going to be able to practice those last three weeks leading into the time that he becomes eligible again. And three, you know, they play at the Arnolds, the Jets, and at the Falcons. Two of their road games are in Arnoville and Atlanta early in the season with new quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to be behind the eight ball to win those games like a lot of people think. So I, I think the schedule greatly, greatly favors the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, from from what I can see in this whole the aftermath of the Deshaun Watson six-game suspension. He, If you didn't hear the news, he got suspended. Um, he received a six-game suspension, and we're awaiting to see if the NFL is going to appeal and what would, ha- if anything, could potentially change from that. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Martin. Hello. Morning, Foot. How are you doing this morning, my buddy? Oh, you know, could always be a little better, but certainly appreciate it. Winning three out of four. Had a one-run lead in the ninth, gave up two in the ninth. You kind of hate those. You know, that's a tough way to lose. But still, they won three or four over the Mariners, so I'll take it. Yes, sir. Now, that caller Mike that called in, that's a good dude, man. He, he was raised with a good head on his shoulders, you know. He, he picked the right football team support, you know. Can't go wrong with Cowboys, oh, you know. Oh, man. I'm, uh, oh, you can go wrong. But... Now, nah, I bet you he would agree with me that our head coach is going to be Sean Payton next year. Oh, I boy. promise you. Here we go with this with delusional stuff again. Uh, it's it's fact. I mean, he's going to go home. It's not fact. He's gonna home is the Chicago yeah. Bears. No, he. Yeah. Well, that's a garbage organization. The man's from Illinois. Well, win. I mean, you don't say he's going home. He was coaching the Midges before he was coaching the Cowboys. He's from Illinois, so home is the Bears. He's not going home. I, I mean, it's possible he'll go to the Cowboys, but that's not home. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 one hundred percent. That's going to be our new head coach. But yeah. uh, now nah. you better hope the Arizona uh, Cardinals have a good year. Well, uh, we're going to have to see. But uh, now, you know, Deshaun Watson, uh, he got six games. Now, you know how much Alvin Kamara is going to get, huh? I mean, I've been thinking six games I, for a while, but I don't know. I I, I already know. They're going to give him seven games because you know the NFL don't like the New Orleans Saints. So, I mean, they, they can't give him six and, and give uh, Alvin Kamara less. You know, so they're going to do one better and just, just spend him seven games, you know. I mean, the NFL is always not going to like the Saints. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's just just like the Dallas Cowboys going to always be America's team, you know. Well, I don't know. I, I think the Saints, the, they. I, I mean, I think the NFL does not like Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter is not part of the Saints anymore. And so hopefully – Hopefully the um, no he quit and 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 he's gonna go coach somewhere else. Uh, you know. You know who I wish would quit. Hmm. You know who I wish would quit. Alex Cora, man, that, that dude needs to quit so bad. I mean, that'd be a dream come true if I wake up one morning <laughs> and I see breaking news: Alex Cora quits on the Boston Red Sox. I'd be like, man, my dreams do come true. Most of my dreams do <laughs> come right. true, just like. Well, you know, I'm not saying anything about Alex Cora because when we went to Boston earlier, as I figured, we got beat two out of three. So I want to win this series first. Then, you know, we'll see what happens after that. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All but, right. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to get in and chime on on that. I got it. Thank you. Alvin Kamara's either going to get seven or eight games. And well, I'm a good one. Go Red Let's Sox. hope not. Let's hope not. Thanks for the call. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Mr. Foot. How are you, sir? I'm uh, looking forward uh, with anticipation uh, to the Astros uh, making up for that pathetic performance back in, was it May, when they played the Red Sox. So do we have a sweep in store? Oh, I hope so, but I, I don't. I don't know that I'd count on it, but I hope so. Well, why wouldn't you count on it? You're playing a double-A to triple-A team. We got swept by the A's last week. The A's were a triple-A team. I saw saw that. I saw that, and I saw uh, Presley blow the game Saturday. Yeah. But... uh, you're playing a team that's got nothing but double-A suspects, guys that will never be major leaguers uh, playing for the Red Sox. Now, but the one thing, me, Jules, one of the things that could be the Astros' favor is if they do make a trade today or tomorrow, that might give them a little juice. And if the Red Sox don't, then that might kind of depress them a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that the Red Sox trade away about any anybody that they can trade away, I'm I'm okay with. Even Devers, it wouldn't bother me if they traded away Devers. So, but let me ask you something. Um, I don't listen to the Red Sox broadcast. I usually listen to the opponents' broadcast because their 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 announcers are going to be more true about the Red Sox players because they don't have a dog in the fight. Right and. I mean, every every team they go up against, the announcers for the other teams are pointing out the Red Sox players uh, not backing up players, not throwing the ball to the right base, uh, you know, uh, uh, forcing a, a throw uh, in the infield because they're not aware that the catch is running and they had all day to make the throw. And I asked this uh, Boston beat reporter for the Globe on Twitter, <clears throat> you know, what? why doesn't Cora do anything about it? <clears throat> and and this guy, now he, he's a beat writer. He talks to these people every day. He says, well, I guess Cora is not allowed to do anything. Not allowed. Not allowed. I thought he was the manager. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. But that, that wouldn't make him a very good manager, <laughs> uh, which everybody says he is, if he's not allowed to discipline a player by sending him back to the minors or benching him for a couple of days. And I, I said, well, isn't that your job to, to ask? I guess. Well, I, I I don't think I don't think he can just arbitrarily send someone to the minors. He can suggest it, but Kitty, I think he could suspend someone or or bench him. I don't know about suspend. He could bench him without being asked. But I, you know, they I don't think he could just arbitrarily him? send him to the minors. Well, I think the organ the, the GM would do that. The, now he could suggest to the GM and play a big role in that decision. But I don't think 
I don't think the manager arbitrarily DFA someone. The organization does. Well, you know, that, that, that makes perfect sense because the GM they have is a, a complete clown, and the owner is only interested in his Premier League soccer team. That's where all his money goes. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's really sad. I, you know, and I, I saw a list yesterday. Top 30 managers ranked 1 through 30 in baseball. And they got core of fifth. And, like, what are, these people are so stupid. And they don't know anything. <laughs> well, I don't know yeah, that I'd put him fifth. I agree stupid, with that. There's a stupid school somewhere where these uh, writers go. And uh, just like the stupid school in Arizona for managers to get qualified to be a manager. Eh, it's beautiful. Anyway, I, I hope uh, Houston rolls. Me I'll too. Be, I'll be watching. All right. So, Thanks, okay. Jules. Thanks. Bye. No, look, I, I hope Jules gets his wish. I hope the Astros sweep too. But, again, I, I know that a week ago I got swept at Oakland. And so, um, you know, nothing, I guess, would surprise baseball. I mean, to say that I'd be surprised – if they lost two out. Now, I'd be a little surprised if they got swept. But I wouldn't be shocked if they lost two out of three to Red Sox. They've already lost two out of three this year. Now, again, I think the I think the weight of the season is more of a negative situation on the Red Sox now than it was back in May. You know, again, they had come off a bad stretch. The Astros weren't really playing that great. And I remember thinking... This is a bad circumstance series going to Fenway. And then while um while going to that while that first game was fun, hitting all them home runs off of Ubalde in the first game, I knew that didn't bode well for games two and three, and of course they lost. It's just like like I appreciate that since he got lit in that first game at Yankee Stadium. I appreciate that Presley pitched great after that, but you don't really want to set records. You don't want to do that because then there's a there's a medicine part of that. There's a downside to that. So we, after getting blown after blowing up in that first game against the Yankees, he retired 32 straight hitters to tie the all to break the all time record for relief pitching and to tie the all time record with Verlander franchise record overall. And there's a down. You don't want to set records and make history because then the, that wakes the piper up. So what happened? He he had one game where uh, J.P. Crawford got a little, you know, single to, to left. Crawford's one of these pesky hitters. If you play the shift against him, he's just going to hit a single to, to the uh, into the shift, which not enough hitters probably do. So he gave up. He broke the streak, and then the next game he blows the save. I just hopefully the Piper's satisfied and they, and he can move on. He did pitch a he did pitch a scoreless inning yesterday, so hopefully he got off of that. Um, we we'll, we will see. All right, it is time to take a timeout. We will take that timeout. Come back, finish up. Well, not finish up. Talk more to you about all the many 
big news stories going on in the sports on a very busy and weighty, 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 glorious Monday morning. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can call in and say Pete Rose deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. You can call and proclaim that the Houston Astros were the only team that stole signs. Just know this. Foot will disagree with you. Call into Footnotes with Kevin Foot at 337-706-0111. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you about Astro Giveaway 4 <clears throat> on Saturday, August the 27th. Astros will be playing the Baltimore Orioles, who are still very much in the wild court race. We'll see where they are four weeks from now. But as of now, on August the 1st, still very much in the wild court race. You could win four tickets to that game, a tour minute may park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday evening. Astro Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Again, it is August 1st. Huge sports day for Sports Talk Radio here and all over the country. We got Bill, the passing of Bill Russell. So any comments you have on him, certainly feel free. We've got the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson six-game suspension. Been waiting for months for that to come down, and it it did. And we'll wait now to see if the NFL appeals. Um. We've got the trade deadline tomorrow. Juan Castillo was one of the first big drops to to happen. Waiting to see if Shohei Otani's going to get traded. Waiting to see if Juan Soto's going to get traded. Waiting to see if the Astros are going to trade for anyone. There's been speculation that Josh Bell is going to get traded to the Astros, we haven't seen that yet. There was speculation the Astros on Wilson Contreras. If you believe the reports over the weekend, the talk is that if Soto doesn't go to the Padres, their fallback is Wilson Contreras. We'll see. Now, look, the Astros can help themselves <clears throat> in any number of ways. Could they not pick up Soto or Contreras and still help themselves? Yes, they could. They could. So we'll see. But uh, they need to do something. They need a new center fielder. They, you know, if they go into the postseason with Jake Myers as the starting center fielder, I will be not too happy with it and quite surprised. So we'll see what happens. Got to improve that scenario. Got to. Need another bat, especially if Brantley's not coming back. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Going. Howdy, sir. Uh, yeah, you know what today is, huh? August 1st? What do you mean? What is today? No, today is Yankee Day. Why is it Yankee nah. Day? Shoot, we, we only lost one game. Well, we beat, uh, the, we beat the Royals. 
The well, day. You, celebration. No, you just lost to the Royals at home. Well, only lost one game out of it. We only lost one game. I mean, it wasn't devastating, that. but it wasn't great. <laughs> Got to count it. We didn't, A, could have almost swept them. Almost swept them. Now, Foot, I do want to thank you for um, giving a Yankee Day thing, you know, a gift. You straighten out that little cowgirl. That's better than a Yankee win to me. You straighten out that cowgirl. But this is what I have a bone to pick with you, Foot. Okay. Early in the first hour, you sat up there about punishment, and you're talking about in the same era. And you can't compare these things. Yes, you can. And it's all the same era because the league's been around like, what, 100 years or whatever. And they, and I'm going to say it again because history proves it. Okay, they choose who they want to punish and how they're going to punish them. And it all goes about who's your own and what team you play for. History says that. John Payton would have still gotten that type of um, punishment long as he was the coach of the Saints. The <laughs> no, I, I don't believe he would have gotten under the current mode of enforcement. No, I don't believe uh, that. He was, long as he was the coach of the Saints and won that Super Bowl, yes, he would have. But if he have did that for the Cowgirls or Pittsburgh, that'd be a different one of them. Now, when you look at it with the punishment of Big Ben and all these other guys, facts remain the same. With Ezekiel Gopin and all of this, you violated a female. It all falls in the same category. They're supposed to get punished. They made an example out of Darren Sharper for raping women, but Big Ben got a slap on the wrist. And some others, you know. Well, let, let, let's not compare Darren Sharper to Big Ben. I mean, I, I, I'm not a Big Ben guy, but Darren Sharper was, a, was, you know, he was on a different level. Rape is rape. In the, in the court of the um, law, I rape is rape. But in anybody's eyes, rape is rape. When you violate a female, period. So I'm not saying one's <laughs> supposed to get 10, one's supposed to get both get 10 or one both get the same amount. But you got to hand that punishment down thoroughly, pretty much fairly and equally. So, no, when I look at it, for, they choose who they want to um, punish and how they want to punish them. Depends on who they play for. You, the but, again, is they is different. When I'm – when you say they, they is different now than it's been for the last whenever, 10, 15 years, whenever Goodell started doing things away. They is different now. I'm talking about underneath Goodell, Bad Dale, whatever um, res- um, regime, underneath his. I don't care about 50 years ago because that old dude Tyler Bird, Tyler, whatever his name was, he was the uh, commissioner. But underneath Roger Goodell, He's doing what the bosses, his bosses tell him to do. His bosses is the owners. He can't punish them for doing wrong because he they boss. But when it comes to the players, he's not being fairly. It's not fair. But again, what's going on now? Because the players' association, because of what you just said about him, his association, and taking up for the for the for the bosses, the owners, they now have an independent person that's handing out these um these punishments. It's not Goodell anymore. He's no longer the jury. Judge, jury, and executioner, he's not that anymore. That's what's different. Uh, okay, I understand that part. But at the end of the day, those owners and the power and the money is going to still ball down to the same. I don't care if it's 10 years ago, 10, 20 years from now. It's still going to be the same thing. It's all about what team you play for. But at the end of the day, that is not going to change in the NFL. Look, I agree with you. They, I, they, they I, have to protect. I agree with and you that good. certain organizations get treated differently than others. There's no doubt. Exactly. That, that's been so empirically for, proven, no question. Now, now but not, before I let you go, I have no dog in this fight out of you and them ugly socks. I, I don't know how to pull for who. But I just, 
I'm confused. Ju- I just really admit want. it. You pull it. You pull it for the Red Sox tonight. You got to break I, out. I, I don't know who to pull for. But you I know you're pulling for the Red Sox. Don't lie to me. You know no, you are. I'm not pulling. I'm not pulling for no one. I, I'm, I'm gonna watch the game and see what see the outcome because I hate both of those teams. But I know it was hard for you to talk about the Celtics today, huh? It was hard to talk about it because you hate the Celtics. Well, I don't like it's the hard Celtics. To hard for you to talk about the Celtics today. I noticed that foot. I'm just messing with you. Go have a good one, foot. Go Yankees. All right. Take care. <laughs> no, but the Yankee fans, they got to pull for the Red Sox tonight. Now, in that, in a, in that, when I'm in that similar type situation, I just try to ignore it and act like the game doesn't exist. But those of you who are Yankee fans who are really into baseball and won't ignore it, um, you got to pull for the Red Sox. You just have to. I would think, unless you just feel like losing home field doesn't hurt you, which could be. I mean, I, I'm i sure there's some out there that feel that way, and that's fine. You could make that argument. That could work out for you, potentially. Um, But I would think that on paper – the Red Sox winning this series series helps the Yankees more than hurts the Yankees. I mean, that seems pretty obvious. The Astros are only two games back on August the 1st. Call Cat, August the 1st is today. I mean, didn't it seem like we were just talking about June the 1st? And now it's already August the 1st. August the 1st. Um, not a lot of Saints training camp news. Obviously, the biggest news is if anything of significance comes out today. Uh, I don't think it will, but we'll see. And if it does, obviously, we'll discuss it tomorrow. Uh, Batman has some bad ribs, and we don't know the timetable on that, so we'll kind of just kind of store that information away and see how it plays out. Um, we could probably tomorrow maybe start a countdown. Like we're not, we're not going to be that far away. What are we like? 10, 11 days away from watching the saints run out of a tunnel for a football game. I mean, it's a preseason game, but there's going to be some players in that game that were, you know, anxious to see. And, um, you know, we're going to see, um, how the Saints, who plays of all the injured players, I wouldn't think very many of them would play. Still, though, even though it's a preseason game, even though a lot of them won't play, uh, seeing Abram Smith in a Saint uniform will be fun. It'll be interesting, you know, just to see. If he does great, doesn't mean he'll be a good player. And if he does terrible, doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player. But it's still going to be fun to see him in a Saint uniform for the first time running and see how he looks. Not the first time Saints fans have gotten excited over a f- undrafted free agent running back in a preseason game. So we're getting closer. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out today's show next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 1st, 1945, New York Giants outfielder Mel Ott 
hits his historic 500th MLB home run to become the third player in MLB history to join the 500 club. The first two were Babe Ruth and Jimmy Fox. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Astros again play tonight against the Boston Red Sox at Minute Maid Park. It'll be, hopefully there is not, it's really aggravating me, like if I go to Houston or even if I'm watching on TV, you got all these fans from the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Cubs and the Braves and these, you know, superstation type teams. Um, but I'm wondering how many Red Sox fans there'll be there. I'm sure there'll be a decent amount because there's always a pretty good amount. But they might not be quite as vocal with the year they're having. Of course, if they win, they'll still, you know, hopefully they don't have much reason to to cheer. By the way, tomorrow night, uh, we mentioned the Mariners acquire Luis Castillo from the Reds. And on Wednesday, he is scheduled to make his Mariner debut against the Yankees. So that'll be interesting. Tomorrow, Jacob deGrom is scheduled to make his day season debut for the Mets against the Nationals. So, again, in addition to the trade deadline, which is big news, depending on, you know, who gets all these players and, and if they get anywhere. I mean, we're all assuming Juan Soto's going, and I think he will, but, you know, we, it hasn't happened yet. Um, so... That's big, but we also have these players like DeGrom coming back. Other players going to new teams, seeing how they're going to do. Hopefully the Astros will acquire one or two or three players and we'll see them make their debuts for the Astros. So kind of an exciting few days for Major League Baseball teams, depending on who makes trades and who doesn't and who comes off for rehabs. Hopefully they're not that. The Astros aren't that much further away from uh, McCullers following DeGrom and making his season debut and seeing how he's doing. By the way, Verlander pitched unbelievable again over the weekend. Cat went into the eighth. Why he went into the eighth in a blowout game, I have no idea. But he went, he pitched seven and two-third innings again. So his fabulous season um, continues. All right. Appreciate all the phone calls today. We'll see. We uh, Something tells me it'll be at least one pretty big trade today. We'll see how all that plays out. Y'all have a nice day.